welcome to Good News from the Middle East. And we are actually in the Middle East right now. Uh, have been praying, hoping, wanting to be here for over a year now. This is our first podcast live from the Middle East. And I'm here with two good friends, uh, Rami and Jamal. And we're just talking about the new Middle East. There's there's changes. There's political, geopolitical changes. There's all, all kinds of new alignments with the nations. But spiritually, the Middle East is seeing more people come to faith in Christ than any other region in the world. And and so I was thinking before I interview uh, introduce our guests, I was just thinking about a couple of passages in my devotions. I was in John 3 and Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. You remember, Nick at night, he came to Jesus. He was afraid. He was a part of the Jew, Jewish ruling council. He was a Pharisee. He didn't want to be seen with Jesus, but he had legitimate questions and he went and Jesus entertained those questions. But who would have imagined in this secret meeting that it would be one of the most recorded conversations of all time because it's contained in the passage of scripture in John 3. And in John 3, we get John 3, 16, the most known verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That was Jesus' answer to Nicodemus when he was asking about the gospel. Remember, he was shy, he was afraid, didn't want to be seen with Jesus. Turn your page to John 4. We meet the woman at the well. And the woman at the well was so disgraced by her life and all of the husbands that she had, and she was living with one at that point, Jesus spoke to her at noon because she wouldn't go in the morning with all the women to get water because she was despised. And she has a conversation with Jesus. She realizes that he's the Messiah. And what does this woman at the well do in, the, in this longest recorded conversation in the gospel? She goes and tells everybody. She tells the village. And Jamal and Rami, when I think about the old Middle East, when I started coming here 25 years ago, it seemed like back then we were in the days of Nicodemus where Muslims were interested, but ooh, they were afraid. They, they were kind of sneaking around asking questions that there could be too much blowback, persecution. Today, we're in the days of the woman at the well. Openly, they're asking questions. They're having Jesus dreams. They're getting on the internet. They're listening to Christian radio. They're uh, finding out about Jesus and they want to know more. And so I can't think of two guys that would be better to explain the change in the Middle East. So Jamal, welcome to Good News from the Middle East. Been wanting to have you on for a, a long time. Yeah, thank you, Tom, for uh, being with us this time. Really, uh, we are working uh, together for a long time. And what you said is true. We can't say uh, that the situation was the same 25 years ago. But now, uh, boldly, we can say everything changed, uh, especially with the Muslim people who were hidden like Nicodemus. Uh, but now they really are they're willing to know about the Christ. And many of them are uh, proclaiming Jesus even for others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. this is what's happening now in, in the Middle East. 
Well, you know, I remember one of the things that you said to me was that as you and some of the leaders you work with share with Muslims, if they're very interested in coming to faith in Christ, you let them know before they pray to receive Christ, you will have persecution. Uh, your family could attack you. Your greatest treasure, your family could be your greatest threat. But persecution is not stopping them from coming to faith in Christ, is it? Uh, yes, uh, we sharing with them, uh, especially uh, John chapter 16, where Jesus was very uh, frank to tell his disciples that they will face uh, persecution. And many uh, people left Jesus when they knew that. Uh, in the same time, when we share the gospel with Muslims and they are convinced to follow Jesus, uh, we telling them everything before they come to Christ. Uh, to be honest, some people, they are becoming uh, hesitated to follow Christ, but people when the Holy Spirit touch their hearts and they are convinced that this is the only way to be uh, in a relationship with God and to be forgiven from his, their sins, uh, they say, whatever, we want to believe in Jesus because he's the only way we have to be forgiven from our since so after they come to christ and starting to disciple them and showing them from the bible that they uh, they are called by jesus to be fishermen like what he said to uh, uh, peter he said follow me and i will make you fisher uh, men so uh, this is what we have to tell uh, the new believers from the beginning that uh, you have to have the burden like what we had to share the gospel with your relatives. If you are caring about your relatives, your brothers, your sisters, your father, your mother, do you want them to go to hell? Surely not. So when we tell them that yeah, and train him how to do it, uh, or let me say train them, not only him, because not only him. Uh, they are uh, bold to go and share with others whatever it takes. Persecution happening? Yes. But the gospel continue spread out everywhere. Not only from Christian background believers, but from themselves as a Muslim's background, they are going and sharing the gospel and being discipling other believers. Well, that is amazing to hear. And we know this. We know, Jamal, that more Muslims have come to faith in Christ in the last 10 to 20 years than in the last 1,400 years of Islam. And Rami, you're seeing this too. Uh, you work in the field, and this is the new Middle East. There's something happening here. First of all, I think this gets us excited about Jesus' return because we see... Uh, rapid acceleration as far as uh, Muslims coming to faith in Christ. Tell me what you're seeing from the feet. Uh, 
Yeah, thank you, Tom. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's something we are not uh, usually uh, familiar with this picture that's happening now, uh, since we are starting uh, to started to see many families, not just individuals, but families come to faith uh, because they uh, they they work by their themselves to reach their families. Uh, I have uh, a lot of stories actually about that. Uh, one story talks about one man, he, um, he's a believer, he's Muslim background, and he believed in Jesus. But because he has uh, um, a lot of passion in his heart to reach his family, his wife and his children, he started to share with his wife until he uh, went here uh, to Christ. And then uh, both the man and uh, the wife, they started to share with the children actually they are not kids they are young uh, in the 20s mm -hmm. and they started to share the gospel with them and uh, with helping some help from us uh, the whole family come to faith now and we just baptized them and uh, you can't imagine the the joy in that family when the father and mother with the oldest son with the with the daughter they all baptized and uh, the amazing thing to see uh, a Muslim believer baptize his son it's not coming by pastor or church or Christian but Muslim baptize Muslims which is which is something it's like it's like heaven happening here uh, in our country yeah wow that is just beautiful that is incredible to hear uh, but we know the enemy fights us and he doesn't want to give up those souls easily. And I know we can't share all of this, but maybe just some of these details. There's been threats and, and Jamal, actually someone tried to kill you. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, uh, I thank God I'm still alive because there is a plan for my life from God. Uh, but really, I was ready to die for Christ because if I live or die, I live for Christ and die for Christ. This is what we learned from the beginning. Uh, I thank God that uh, I'm alive until now to do the ministry. Uh, that man uh, came to me uh, pretending that he wanted to hear about Christ. He was a fanatic uh, man, Muslim, and he was planning to, to kill me. So when he came to my house, started to ask questions like other Muslims. But when uh, we finished talking to each other, uh, he uh, started to shout on me, insulting me, and then he had uh, uh, a screwdriver, long one, and he tried to stab me in my in my chest. Then I uh, just caught him and uh, started to fight with him just to stop him killing me. Then we fall down, then he stabbed me on my back. I thank God that uh, the screwdriver did not uh, get in my mm. back. So God, God saved me. Uh, then uh, when I asked him, why did you do that after all, all this happened and we went to the police and the investigation, he said, uh, if I kill you, I will go to heaven. So this is why he did that. But mm. I thank God, this, is, this did not stop me to do the ministry. We're still doing it and we are expecting it every day, but we'll keep doing it. Uh, for his glory mm. you know that it's amazing that persecution doesn't 
stifle the gospel, it actually speeds it up. It, it makes it go faster where um, people often say in the West, can Christians in the Middle East survive with persecution? And they don't just survive with persecution. They thrive with persecution. Jesus, fulfilling what Jesus said. He said, they're going to hate you because they hate me. It's promised. It's, it's guaranteed. And so some of the things that your team is seeing happen throughout the Middle East is uh, just phenomenal. Uh, Rami, tell us another story. Can you tell us a story from the front lines, things that you've seen and we feel like from what we're hearing and seeing and participating around the Middle East, um, in many ways, Islam is imploding. The young people, they don't want to do jihad. They, they, they want a life. They want to be modern. They need Jesus. But, but tell us another story, if you would. Yeah, of course. Uh, another story actually came to my mind not right now about persecution. Um, uh, there's a lady, she, uh, she came to faith uh, recently, and uh, her husband, he's uh, alcoholic. Every day he beat her, every day, every day. So this lady, she, she loves the Lord in an amazing way. And then uh, she knows when she attend the women group or any discipleship group, when she go back home, her husband will beat her. But with all of this, she, uh, she, uh, she never gave up on Jesus. And she said, he will save me. He will save my, my family. Jesus, I believe in him and he will save me. Uh, until now, he's still beating her, by the way. Like, but uh, uh, the good thing is she shared the gospel with her children. And her daughter, um, she, she started to, to hear about Jesus from her mother. Uh, and um, uh, she was a little bit hesitated until uh, she uh, picked up her mind and she wanted to, after she started searching about the truth uh, through internet, uh, she decided to follow Jesus and she faced her father and she said, look, if, the, if, uh, if this is the Islam look like, I don't want to be Muslim anymore. She's 21 years old and she challenged her father and then she, uh, she accepted the Lord as a savior and she walked with the Lord right now. Uh, the good thing is even the true believers, uh, when they face the persecution, they never give up. Uh, I have a lot of story about persecutions, but um, we, are, we are so thankful and we praise God for the true believers and we believe God saved Muslims and he show himself for them in vision and dreams and uh, uh, he confirmed that he is the true lord uh, for every everyone uh, we we are so glad uh, and so so uh, um, happy that when we see muslims they love the lord from their heart from all of their heart actually it's something please our heart mm, fantastic story thank you you know um we, we could sit and just listen to you download all day stories and people would be thrilled. And you know what? One, one thing that we say at our ministry in Chartered is this, that the problem today in the world is not radical Islam. That's not the problem. The problem today is nominal Christianity. Yeah. Believers that are not willing to share Jesus, that's, that's what we're put here for. And so 
Jamal, I remember a story you used to tell about what you would do as far as picking up hitchhikers. Can, can you tell that story? I love that. Yeah, we used to uh, reach people outside uh, because we don't, uh, uh, we are not able to go to people and say we are coming to share the gospel with you, and what, especially in the uh, Muslim villages. So and the, nobody reaching them for Christ. So we we come to a plan that we drive there and we know that the traffic and between the villages is not that good. So people are hitchhiking for a ride and the, each one of them is our target. So we pray before we leave. We say, God, these people are our target. Give us chance to uh, reach them for you or share the gospel uh, with them. So when they hitchhike and we stop for them and asking them, them, where are you going? Then they telling us the name of their village. Okay, this is in our way because really we are going there for him. So when he get in the uh, car, uh, because we are two and he is uh, one sometimes, and we introduce ourselves as Christian. And we tell him that, do you know, we read in the Quran. Have you ever read in the Bible? Uh, do you know most of the, uh, the the answers are no. We're asking him again, why don't you like or you don't have one? Do you know I have never seen a Bible in my life? So how can I read in the Bible? No, I'd li I would like to read if I have one. Do you know I have a Bible with me? I want to give it to you as a gift. Would you like to take it? They say, yes, please give it to me. But we want him to be more excited, Tom, to to read in the Bible. And we said to them, do you know, I think because you are Muslim, you will not respect my, my Bible. So, do you know, I'm thinking not to give it to you. <laughs> and he says, oh, no, please, give I promise you, I will respect it and I will read in it. And then we give it to, to, to him. Uh, then we say, do you know, man, uh, I think because it's the first time you are reading in the Bible, you, maybe you will not understand everything. Let me tell you the story of the Bible. So when you read, you will understand. Then we start sharing with them the story of Christ and how he died on the cross for him. Then we give him the chance to say yes or no for Jesus. The, the good thing, Tom, that when we uh, take them homes, because we did a favor with them, they are, were asking us to come in, drink a cup of tea or something like that. We don't say no for them at all because we want to reach also the families. So when we go there and sit with the family and share the gospel with them, one of us praying and one of us sharing the gospel, it's amazing what God did through these years we're doing this thing. God is great. and. He is faithful to use us as he promised. Amen. Okay, so one more story. I remember both of you were going into a village and you had Bibles yeah. and you were so excited about going into this village you hadn't been in before. Yeah. You said to Rami, I am going to share the gospel with the first person <laughs> that I see. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this person you saw, you weren't expecting him to be the first person person that you saw can you tell that story about what happened yeah this is one of the amazing stories that i ever have you know because god did something i never seen it before i told rami that you know uh, when we go to this village the first person i will see i will share the gospel with him whoever then we yeah with this challenge we get in the, that village and the first person we 
uh, have seen was the Imam of the Mosque. So, uh, Rami told me, okay, it's your turn to share the gospel, as you said. I told okay, I will keep my promise. You know, it's not that easy to talk with an imam of the mosque for the village. So this is the most dangerous thing. So we we stopped beside him. We started to ask him some questions to just, because we are strangers here, we wanted to direct us to another ways. Then he asked us, where are you from? We told him we are from that city and we are Christian. Oh, you are Christian. I have a question to ask you about. So okay, uh, you can ask any question you want. So he started to ask question. Through these questions, we started to share with him the gospel. He was listening attentively. And then uh, we uh, said to him, when I give you a gift from us, uh, a Bible and uh, other uh, apologetics box for Josh McDowell. And then he said, you know, it's time for calling for prayer. As you know, they are calling five times a day for prayers. Can we go beside the mosque to, uh, to be ready for calling for prayer? Yeah, why not? And the, we did go beside the mosque and we continued our speech. And then I told him, this is the time for calling because I know you know, because of my background, I know what yeah. time, yeah. So uh, it's the time you can go and uh, call for prayer. He said, you know, there is another one. He will call for prayers. Just keep going. He was excited to hear and listen. So uh, after we finished, we gave him this box and um, um, some movies. Uh, uh, that time we were using VHS videos. And so after the calling for prayer, you know, people start to come to the mosque. And they saw us with uh, uh, that imam of the mosque, and they were coming to us. You know, I just was swallowing my <laughs> my tongue. It is oh, what will happen for us now. You know, and uh, then they come direct to our to us and to our car, and they asked the imam, "What what's happening here? Who are these people?" He told them that, and what do you have? He said the Bible and other books, and then they said to us. Are, is you, are you go, just giving for the imam? Or we could have two. We, it, it amazed us. We couldn't even think that they will ask for Bibles or our books. They said, no, no, you can't take any, any, any uh, quantity you want. So anyone coming to the mosque were coming to us and we were giving them the Bible. The most amazing thing, Tom, you, you, I can say, never seen in my life that people going to the mosque, but instead of they reading in the Quran, they are reading the Bible. And you know, we didn't go back there again, uh, to be honest, but I believe God will use his word mm -hmm. to save some people from these guys. Wow. Yeah, this is an amazing thing. I can just imagine realizing there's a crowd coming, the sweat going down the back of your neck. Uh-oh, we're in trouble, but wow. We say this at our ministry all the time extreme unwavering high risk because every soul matters yeah. every soul matters it's a time to risk it all for christ look how evil the world is just watch the news and see what people are struggling with globally some of the things that you hear happening that are just so detestable it's time to be radical and extreme for christ these are the days uh rami i think um I, when I think of you, I think of you as a younger man, and I think of the typical Middle East 
person now and almost 70% of the entire Middle East is 30 years old or under. That's just amazing when you think about it. This is the new generation. They're growing up differently. People are coming to faith in Christ that they know. What is your hope for this young generation? I know you and your wife work with young people too. What is your what is your dream to see happen with this generation of young Muslims in the Middle East? Yeah, actually this is a very uh, good question because we're always dreaming of uh, having um, a young Muslims come to faith, not only uh, as a parents, but only also the single uh, guys, uh, boys and girls coming. We already have uh, young girls and young boys coming to faith and uh, we're looking for more because what we are doing now with children with the teenagers, with young, uh, with youth, uh, we believe this is the uh, church of the future. Uh, in the future, uh, we believe we're going to see churches for Muslims in the Middle East, not only for nominal Christian. Uh, the churches will be uh, leading uh, by Muslims, pastors. This is our dream because the, the message of salvation, Jesus Christ, his blood on the cross, not only for Christians, it's all for everybody for all nations so we are hope and we have uh, this vision and dream to see muslim young people come to faith uh, of course with the, with the message what fit with their mind with their logic with their thinking but uh, we believe the message will never change the message is is the same uh, we are sinner we need jesus to forgive our sins to to see him in heaven one day so this is our dream and uh, hope in the future Wow, it's been thrilling to have both of you on Good News from the Middle East. And for all of you that live in the West, think about what you've just heard uh, in this podcast. And we say this in our ministry at Uncharted, the Muslims are coming, the Muslims are coming, the Muslims are here. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to ignore them? Or are we going to take the gospel to them? This is one-fifth of the planet. And Jesus has told us, that there would be disciples from all nations around the throne. Don't you want to be a part of that? Uh, I do. And so remember what we said, the problem in the world today, don't get your worldview from the news, by the way. Take it from the Bible. And the problem in the world today is not radical Islam. It's nominal Christianity, where people are just living, receiving the blessings of the Lord, doing nothing with it. He's calling you to a different life. And here are two heroes on the front line, two heroes of mine and Joanne's. And, and they are warriors for Christ. God's used them. They're seeing hundreds, maybe thousands globally come to faith in Christ in all their efforts. This is what God's called us to do. So um, we hope to have you on again. Jamal, Rami, thank you so much. We just praise God for your can, life. Can I say the last thing before you close, Tom? Uh, one day we were sharing with uh, a Muslim. He accepted Jesus. And we told him, we thank God, that God opened the door for Muslims to come to Christ. Do you know what he says? He said to me, the door was always open, but the handle of the door was from your side, not from our side. Oh, wow. You had to open it, not us to open it. Oh, my so gosh. So it's your... T- it's your role to come to us 
and share the gospel with us. We are open for the gospel. Wow. We couldn't end in a better way. Take your hand, open the door, meet Muslims, share the gospel. They've never been more ready. They're just waiting to meet Jesus, and you have an opportunity to tell them. So we're thrilled to have you today on Good News from the Middle East. Tom, wait, 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 wait a second. I've been listening to you three men talk, and it has been incredible. The stories are inspirational. But what about the women? We've got some incredible things happening with women and children, too. Can we share some? All right. Take it away, Joanne. Oh, my gosh. Well, friends, thank you. I want to introduce you to my good friend, Farah. Farah, you want to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Joanne. Hello, sweet Farah. Okay, so what is God's call on your life, Farah? Uh, God called me since I was a kid. You know, before nine years old, he called me uh, by a vision. He wow. uh, wake me up and he said, wake up and see how much Jesus loves you and will take care about you. Wow. And uh, I grew up and every day I saw how much he loves me and how much he take care of me. Mm. I heard the message of salvation from people came to my house and shared the gospel. I used to live in a small village where no one liked to come and mm. share the gospel. But I hear the story from a teacher and I was like a kid and I received Jesus as my savior. And I grew up and then I I, I felt God calling me more and more to reach the children with this joy and this love God told me about. And what is much uh, joyful mm -hmm. than knowing Jesus as a savior because he's the one who carry everything and mm -hmm. all the circumstances. So I started to reach the children of the message of salvation. I started with uh, uh, Christian, normal Christian uh, children. Uh, then God opened my heart to reach the Muslims. Mm. Uh, the first time I tried to uh, share the gospel with a uh, uh, Muslim, it was when I was in school, like I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. I felt a little bit uh, fear. Like I started to speak about God love, then I stopped. But I told God, God, give me courage. How can I share that? Then I've been called to be trained in how to share the gospel with children. Mm -hmm. And I trained in how I can share their God love and how I can link it to sin and ask the Holy Spirit to do the work because it's not my, mm -hmm. my right. yeah, it's not my work, it's the Holy Spirit. So uh, then I started to share the gospel with Muslims and I saw like kids are, praying oh, and receiving wow. Jesus and sharing also with their parents and their mothers who also wanted to know this news and become to Christ. Oh, what a beautiful story. Okay, so Farah, how old were you when you had that vision as a little girl? Uh, I was uh, younger than nine years old. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I love that because we are hearing and seeing Muslims all over the world having yeah. dreams and visions about Jesus, but knowing that he's also revealing himself to children, wow, that is close to the heart of the Father. So, um, Farah, do you have a story that you can share? I know you have many stories, but yeah. can you think of one special story of a child that had something exciting happen in their life? Yeah, one time there was a girl, and I, I had an opportunity to share with her the gospel, starting with God and how much he loves her and how he is a uh, completely love like he mm -hmm. he don't have you don't have to be anything to love you he just loves you and when she uh, heard that she stopped and said wait wait <laughs> 
is that God you are telling me about is the real God because the God I know is different mm. he wants to punish me because I'm doing bad things so I continue and start to explain for her how he loves her and create her and he wants her one day to live with him in the heaven and she stopped me again and she okay wait a minute I want my mom to listen to that oh. and she called her mom 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 come and listen and hear how God is good and how come and hear her, what she's telling me about so her mom came and I share all the gospel with the mother and the girl wow. and it's end that the girl closed her eyes and she asked Jesus to to come to her heart Aww. and she confessed her son and she said I believe in Jesus praise the Lord and how old was this little girl oh, 13 years 13. old oh my gosh such a tender age and now that young girl is somewhere in the world probably grown up by now and loves Jesus no doubt well Farah I have seen you in action friends I have seen Farah lead hundreds of kids at one time in teaching them the Bible in fun and creative ways. You are a natural. God has given you such a gift with the children. And I know for as for us as mothers, our, one of our greatest treasures, of course, is our children. And so when we minister to the children, we are also ministering to the mothers. And I love the story that you shared, Pharaoh, because it included both a mother and a daughter. And so we pray that that mom came to faith in Christ as well. Well, anything else you'd like to share with our friends, Vera? Uh, just don't stop anything. Uh, don't make anything stop. Uh, the God afford the the word of God to spread mm -hmm. because it's not our work. God sent us to say the truth, right. and He's responsible. Like if you stop telling the kids, or you know, sometimes you say this is woman, and maybe she's Muslim, she will not understand. God know that they need to hear about his love they need to know about there is like the, the sin can be forgiven by him so just go and tell and the the, the rest of the thing is God work That's right. he will do he will touch the hearts and he want the souls mm -hmm. so because every soul matter so yes. yeah so it's uh, it's depend on how we trust God and we take the fear push it away uh, yeah push it away just and share the gospel amen our job is to share the gospel yes. it's his job to spread that to others and to make that that seed grow and take fruit in their heart yes. well and another thing i love about what god has called you to do farah is that children are so important i think of what jesus said when he said bring you know let the children come to me he sees children as so vital and so important and a, a precious part of the kingdom of god and so friends i want to remind you for the children in your life whether it's your own children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or children in your neighborhood don't shy away from sharing the gospel to them they are important to Jesus just as, as you said every soul matters and um, here you are at nine years old or before you were nine years old you had a vision so who knows that the child you may share the gospel with may be having dreams or visions about Jesus too well, this has been delightful. Farah, thank you for joining us. Friends, thank you for joining Good News on the Middle East, on live and in location. Here we are in the Middle East. Thank you, Farah, for joining us. Thank you, Joanne. Bye.